Hello! Welcome to the new episode of the Science Basement Podcast. Yeah, and today we are in a special location. We are we're in our guest's place. So we're actually, she made this avocado lime cake, which I call the guacamole cake. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, we have had snacks and hummus and, and we're drinking coffee and, and wine. wine. And, so and we also have a cat. Yes, we have the super, super advisor cat. Advising us. Awesome. So let's talk about our guest. Yeah, and thank you for 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 uh, hosting also, us. yeah the, for hosting us actually yeah. <laughs> the host the, the hosts are being hosted yes awesome and our guest is Yekaterina Bywoods uh, who is a PhD student in materials physics at the University of Helsinki and what she does is computer simula- simulations of materials welcome Yekaterina Hello, thank you so much for having me. I have to confess, I'm the biggest The Science Basement podcast fan that I know. Maybe <laughs> you guys know uh, somebody who is more fanish than me, but I really love you guys. Thank you for having me. It's a great honor and welcome. Welcome to my place. And <laughs> yeah, so much. supervising cat place yes. as well. He, he doesn't mind you being here. He, he, he told me. He's, he's okay. okay. He's okay. Yeah. He looks it's, chill. He definitely okay. looks chill. <laughs> So let, tell us about a bit about of your, your research on a, on a very easy level. Okay, I will try that. So my PhD research uh, is a part of a very big collaboration in CERN. Um, well, we all probably know about CERN. It's an accelerated center in uh, Switzerland where the Higgs boson was discovered. Uh, And what we do, what my PhD project is a part of, it's a huge collaboration, the aim of which is to design the new generation accelerator. The name of the accelerator is CLIC. It stands for Compact Linear Collider. It is nowadays at the stage of the funding proposal. And if it's ever built, it's going to replace LHC, Large Hadron Collider, where Higgs boson was discovered and it's going to be the hugest machine in the high energy and Higgs boson physics. Where, where is this click being built or like planned? To uh, it is planned to build right next to the LHC actually in Switzerland. Oh, so also in, still, in Geneva. In, still in Geneva. Yeah, still in Switzerland. So it is going to be a CERN's and a Swiss uh, French uh, joint project. And we're going to find out maybe in a couple of years whether it's going to be built or not. And I'm very happy to be a part of this project. I have uh, dreamed to be uh, working for CERN since I was like a very child, like little child and learned what CERN is. So, yeah, it's a very uh, awesome project. And um, I am researching materials for, for this accelerator. So what kind of materials? How, what, do you, what are these made out of, these accelerators? Well, um, actually, maybe saying I'm researching materials for the accelerator is a little bit too broad of the field because what I do is actually very fundamental studies uh, of a particular materials, metals. So CLIC is planned to build out of the copper plates that would, would be accelerating the particles which are passing through them. And uh, what why CLIC is... Um, unique. What makes it unique is that it it is planned to use a very high, enormously high, extremely high electric fields there. And when such high electric fields are applied for the metallic surfaces, well, funny things happen. 
And at, at the University of Helsinki, we're looking exactly at those funny things and trying to explain them on the fundamental level. What funny things? Those funny... I was hoping for this question. <laughs> uh, those funny things are called vacuum arcs. So you can imagine a vacuum arc as being a lightning. Uh, I think that lightning is probably the closest thing to the real world, in a real world, to the vacuum arcs. So how the lightning happens? Uh, when you have a storm cloud and the particles there are all like charged and molecules are ionized and then there is a electric field and you have a pointy object on earth, a grounded object like a tree or a pers person standing in the field and holding very stupidly a metallic rod or something, you have a potential difference between a person with a stick and the storm cloud. And because of this, there is a, uh, the air starts to um, pro provide the electricity and the lightning happens. So in the vacuum, you have a similar thing. In there, you have gas dischargers, dischargers. Uh, in the vacuum, you have vacuum dischargers. And this is what we are researching. So basically, you have a metallic plate, you have a high-gradient electric field applied to it, and then there is suddenly this vacuum arc forming. And that means that accelerator performance goes down because what you want to have in the accelerator only these particles that you want to collide. You don't want to have anything else. And this is a big problem which is we, we are trying to solve at the University of Helsinki and very many universities, our collaborators, and we are very close to, to solving it. So LHC, uh, the, the Large Hadron Collider that we have now, I mean, we, we know it, it has contributed to finding the X boson and, and a lot of uh, scientific discoveries. What do you expect to see from Kik, which is different from, or like something plus? with respect to LHC? Yes, so uh, CLIC will help to look even closer to the standard model and there is also a hope to uh, look at the supersymmetry uh, and then uh, not only the Higgs boson could be studied but also the top quark which is the heaviest fundamental particle and uh, the advantages of CLIC uh, over the LHC that it, it is planned to use leptons instead of hadrons. The name comes from, uh, the name of the LHC comes from the name of the particles, hadrons, that are, um, that, consi that consist of quarks. Leptons, on the other hand, the particles that are planned to use in CLIC are fundamental particles and they don't consist of anything. So that means that they uh, there are less channels of the reaction that could happen and that uh, the probability for the Higgs boson protection is actually higher. And another uh, thing that uh, CLIC is very, is, is a very advantageous, advantageous over the LHC or any other projects. There are actually other competitors project over CLIC, so we are kind of a little bit uh, well, not fighting here. We really hope that Click is going to be built, but well, we, we don't know what the decision is going to be. So the advantages of Click is that it actually could be built in three stages because it's linear. You can first build it smaller and then just add more accelerating structures and make it longer and longer and longer. And in this sense, it is cheaper and it's also already at the first stage. You can already 
um, look at the Higgs boson, look at the particle physics. But I'm in a little bit of a dangerous territory here because I'm not a particle physicist. <laughs> uh, so I'm sorry if I said something wrong, uh, but that's up to my understanding. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're, so you're looking at making the making it possible to get to that particle physics studies. So you're you're looking at the material of what you can to remove all the losses of yes. So the material is uh, actually this copper structures they will be accelerating particles and we have to be sure that those accelerating uh, structures are working properly. And that's why we are looking at, at them. So what, how do you do this? How do you, how do you test the material? Well, this is a, a little bit another story. So now I gave you a background of my PhD project. But actually, what I'm doing, I'm just a part of this materials research. Uh, I am doing a very fundamental things. I am looking in particular how atoms move on the surface of metals under electric field. Because this is this my research would contribute to finding out how those vacuum arcs that I've mentioned are building up in the in the accelerating structures. So what we think is happening is quite similar to a person standing with a metallic rod in the field and catching the lightning. So we think that when the electric field is applied, atoms get together on the surface and they build a sort of a, a, um, sort of a cone or a rod on the surface uh, somewhat like 50 nanometers high road and then there is a similar thing that happens with a person at holding a metallic rod attracting a lightning there's a similar thing happens with a metallic rod nanometer sized rod on the surface of accelerating structures attracting the electric field and building up a plasma, which is a vacuum arc. So, and I'm trying to find out how atoms move to build this road. And for this, I'm looking very closely into their electronic structure, into what happens to atoms when the electric field is applied. And I'm looking at all of this with the help of the computer simulations, because unfortunately, there is no experiments that would help us to understand how all of this works. So I have to write programs and I have to simulate the real life world to find out how things work. So in your group, if I if I understood correctly, there, there are people who are doing strictly simulations, like you, for example, and people yes. that are actually working in the lab as well, but they can't prove what you are doing. Yeah, this, this is true. Um, we cannot design the experiment to look closely what, what happens. So there is no microscope that could be uh, used, you know, to look in the real time how atoms are moving. Mm-hmm. Well, there are some techniques, but not to such extent that we have in the, in the accelerators, for example. So w- what are people doing in the lab in your group? Uh, we're mostly doing computer simulations. Um, so it is a very recent field, and uh, there are still debates whether it's a theoretical work or experimental work. On one hand, it's pretty clear that it's a theoretical work because we don't build any experiments. We don't, we don't uh, um, use any real-life materials. Uh, we write computer programs. But on the same side, we kind of run virtual experiments. 
we write programs, and the base of this program is some fundamental natural laws that we know that they work like this. And then we simulate. We wait for a supercomputer to do a job for us to calculate very many equations and then to show us what is actually happening. So in this sense, it is an experimental work, but instead of a real-life experiment, it's a virtual experiment. And how do you know it's, it's, it's accurate? Or like realistic, whatever you're. That's familiar. that's a that's a very good question. It this is a very hard to say for sure. For some processes, we know that simulations work pretty perfectly. But for my project, for example, we have to first understand how everything lo works in the sense of just one atom, and we need to develop and find out the equation that would um, explain how atoms move under the electric field. Then we feed this equation into the computer program and then we simulate uh, what is happening with the whole ensemble of atoms, how they move together, how they attract each other, how they um, jump over each other and things like this. So you have worked mostly with copper, right? Copper and tungsten. Okay. and. So, for example, have you run the same exact experiment, but just changing the material? Yes, I, I do that with uh, with both tungsten and, and copper. Um, I mostly work with tungsten these days because there is actually an experiment that I can compare my simulations with. Mm. And once I develop the technique, well, when I say I, I actually mean we, we're <laughs> a big group and we all collaborate with each other. So when we uh develop uh, the technique uh, we can also apply it to other materials but first we need to compare it with some experiments and the only experiments that exist are for tungsten that's why i'm studying tungsten at the moment well but tungsten is a really uh, resistant material right right i think that the light bulbs are made light bulbs with, uh, made uh, used tungsten. to used to be made with 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 a tungsten this is this is true uh, and it is different from copper, not only in the sense of the uh, conductivity, but also mechanical properties. And uh, what is most important thing for our model is also different crystal structure. Crystal structure means how atoms are arranged in the in the material. Uh, but there are some some similarities. It seems to be there there are some similarities. Can your research be applied to other to constructing other instruments other than the definitely my answer? research is very fundamental as I as I've mentioned before um, so it was initiated as a part of the accelerators research but it can be used in any sort of uh, uh, application where electric field is applied to metals well high high grade and electric field so it could be for example microscopy. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> for example, microscopy. <laughs> and I know you said that you're not a particle physicist, but now that we're talking about CERN, just like the basic question is, what's the point of CERN? Why do we have to have these accelerators in order to understand these fundamental particles? Well, we want to understand where, where everything is coming from, right? The Big Bang, the Higgs theory is just... We are trying to build a theory of everything. That's how I understand that. And for that, we need to go 
from, you know, studying a very big objects like uh, galaxies, clusters of galaxies, stars, to then uh, nanoscale to atoms, then we go need to go inside the atoms to particles, to uh, leptons, hadrons, quarks. So that's why that's what CERN is for, to get very deep into the fundamentals of nature. That's very cool. And to understand where do we all come from. I, and yeah. I, I read, because the CERN website has a really cool, if you go to About, you can read all the physics and instruments that go in CERN. And they have, um, they have a, an example of when they're trying to collide two particles. It's, they're saying it's basically like colliding two needles 10 kilometers apart and just making that's them true. hit. That's true. Really? Yeah. Yes, it is true. Oh, it wow. is extremely it is extremely hard. That that's why there are this uh superconducting uh magnets that they use in uh, in uh, in large hadron collider and it's very hard to build them and to construct them. Maybe if you remember when CERN uh, when sorry, when LHC was just about to to be launched, they had uh, troubles with super superconductive magnets. They couldn't condition them well. If I remember that correct, it was back to two thousand and eight or something like this. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very hard technology. Yeah, yeah, it looks really yeah interesting. Have you ever been to CERN? Yes, I visited CERN when I just started. Uh, my PhD project back to 2015. Yeah, it was a very inspiring moment of my life. Yeah, did, did it sound like a childhood dream coming true? It did, it did. Because actually, um, the, the building of the LHC and launching of the LHC, uh, that particular moment was kind of a life changer for me. Uh, I originally started as a, studying as an engineer, uh, I wanted to have a stable job um, working at some engineering company or something like this somewhere in the industry. But then CERN happened, LHC happened, they launched it, it was such big news. I remember I went to the lecture by one of the professors at my uh, alma mater, Veronica State University, and he was giving a lecture, so inspiring lecture uh, about particle physics, CERN. So I changed from engineering to first uh, nuclear and particle physics and then to the materials research studying the accelerators technology. So but it, cool. yeah, it's always super nice when some big news or or some some good lecture inspires some young scientists yeah, to yeah. do science. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and that would be is. connected also to that our science anecdote later on. Yeah, during the episode, yeah. so inspiring, inspiring it's the younger generation, inspiring the youngsters. <laughs> and I have to say, we're also because I'm looking at particles in the atmosphere, which is yeah. completely different sizes of particles. So yeah, it's, it's not particle physics. But we're also doing a, a project in CERN. So we have a, like a can, like a huge chamber. So we're doing chamber mm. experiments and we are trying to simulate the atmosphere. Yeah. But we're also, we're also in CERN. Oh, yeah, not CERN, also the, the atmospheric stuff. Well, we have that one. It's called Cloud. Oh. <laughs> the Cloud mm. Experiment. The first, very first cloud chamber was built in CERN. Oh, okay, I, I cannot talk about it. Cut, <laughs> cut, 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 cut. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go to our category oh. game. And oh, no. also, yeah, I expect this to be 
kind of fun because we discovered from Yekaterina, our yeah. guest, that apparently she she hears a letter and she just starts shouting words oh and start with that letter. And I'm so bad at this game. I always try to play along with you guys when I listen to, to, to the episodes. And you know what they say that you get better with practice. Well, I don't. I, I really don't. Like, well, we'll see. We'll it, was, it was last week or something like this. Stuff you can find in space. D. And I was like... Dogs, dragons, <laughs> Deandre, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> well, you. <laughs> I I I apologize in advance for sabotaging the game, but I will try oh my, my best. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be very fun. We we don't care if you sabotage; it's gonna be fun for sure. So I'm gonna read the five cat categories, and I have to emphasize cat because Ekaterina is a cat person. And our cat is here listening to us. Actually, he's sleeping. He fell asleep with He's not supervising that much anymore. Okay. So the first category is materials. Anything that we can think of that's materials. Because I am a material researcher. Exactly. Number two is programming languages. So let's see what kind of letters we get for that. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) The third is a catchy title for a science communication blog post. Because Sikaterina, who we'll talk about later, she is really into blogs and science communication. The fourth one is PhD journey companions, because we all know where you need some comfort. Uh, you need somebody, you need somebody. To, yeah, you need a you shoulder. Or something. Or something. Or something. Like, yeah. me, it would be chocolates and my dog. <laughs> yeah. And then the last one is science hashtags. Yay, because, yeah, Yekaterina also likes a lot to do social media. To do social media yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere. You can follow me on Instagram, on Twitter. Yes, you should follow That's her. That's it. She's a really good actually. <laughs> That's no, it. no, this is true. I also have a, a channel on Telegram, uh, but I only uh, blog in Russian there. So if you're a Russian speaker, you're very welcome to follow me on Telegram. But that's really good because, you know, there's of course we should be doing some more science communication in general, but it's the other languages other than English that I think really need. Yeah. Need, need science communication. Like yeah, because that. in English there, there are many. In yeah. English there yeah. are very many. And in English there is has. Uh, the of course, the science basement. Basement. Yeah, <laughs> the, so this it's good is to already out. taken. So but, yeah, I'm trying to move my way. I don't have that many followers; only fifty people. But, but they listen, are the dearest. Follow her in Russian. Yes, uh, people who follow me in Russia follow the uh, Telegram channel Zapiski Yunovchano. Uh, in English, it could be translated as Young Scientist Notebook. There is a mm. book uh, by uh, one of my favorite Russian authors. Mikhail Bulgakov, it is called Young Doctor's Notebook. So I'm not a doctor just yet, so that's why it's Young Scientist. They, have a, they have a series about that. They have a series British, about really it with, with Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe. Radcliffe. Yeah, so Harry Potter becomes a doctor. Yeah, Harry Potter becomes a <laughs> drug addicted doctor. Yeah, yes, that's true. It's a really good series. <laughs> I really liked it. Yeah, I, li- I loved it too. It, it's it's based on the, on the novel. It's not really how it was in the novel, but it's a good one. Okay, cool. Are we ready to start yes. the game? And to, to, to hear you shouting random words. <laughs> so you will, you will click and generate the random letter for our categ- category. Category. Oh, lady. Okay, okay, okay. Let me focus. Yeah, I'm focused. Yeah, I'm pressing the letter now. Go. Yes. See? <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Okay. Material. Everyone, I have to start the, I have to start the timer. <laughs> the timer starts in three, two, one, now. Go. Materials. Cats. Cats. No. <laughs> no. Carbon. Carbon, Carbon nanotubes. Carbon nanotubes. Carbon nanotubes. Uh, programming, programming languages. languages. C++. C++. 
C-sharp C. <laughs> we have yeah, there is also C. C. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's basically um, the same Catchy name. title for science communication blog post. Cats doing science. Cats doing science. That yes. should be a hashtag. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm. Or, okay. okay. In yeah. any way, PhD journey companions, yeah. we have cats, cats and cats. chocolate. And chocolate, chocolate. yes. This chocolate. is C. That's mine. Yeah. And this uh, science hashtag, yeah, it should Cap, be. Cats of science. You know, there are hashtag. women of science and oh, cats, cats of, of science. science. And as we had that in the first episode where we, we talked about a, a physics yeah. cat. Ooh, oh, I, I have a suggestion for a catchy title. Yes. Go for it. Can you simulate a cat in vacuum? Whoa! Well, a spherical, spherical cat in vacuum. Can you simulate a perfectly spherical, as a perfectly spherical, spherical cat, cat in, in vacuum. vacuum? This is a meme of all the physics students, yes. I, I think. A perfectly spherical cat. Yes. Why not to assume that when you're developing a theory? There we awesome. go. And now I want you to write that that, that right, article. Write that article. <laughs> yeah. Write the article. My next project: spherical oh, cats and vacuum. And you were saying that we would have that you would have gone back. We still have thirty seconds that's left. Ah, well, if we have thirty seconds left, can you go a little bit? What What are carbon nanotubes? Well, these are carbon structures which are um, arranged into a nanotube, which makes them very. Uh, having a very good properties mechanical and electronical um we have like the whole bunch of uh, people in our group simulating carbon nanotubes um they are uh, applied and they have very many applications cool. so that's okay. basically a very cool material and carbon this nanotubes. was our and this was our two minutes cat nanotubes now cat nanotubes that would be awesome well, we, we, we have been really, really, really good with this one. Yeah, that because was... that's the only letter that I prepared in advance. So. <laughs> you were wishing for cats. You yes. were just wishing for cats. <laughs> Let's see. Next one. E. E, e for Yekaterina. Yeah, e for Yekaterina. And for Erika. Erika. And let's start admiring. Three, two, one. Oh my god, no. I cannot think of materials. the materials. Energy. E. No, I don't think energy is Earth. a material. Earth is not a material. Earth? Well, okay. Earth elements. Well, it depends. Programming Earth elements. PhD journey companions, Erika. Erika. And Yekaterina. And Yekaterina, no. Where's Stephanie's PhD journey companions? Yeah, that's good language. Programming languages with E. I don't know. I actually don't know. I, the only eclipse comes in my mind, but it's like environment. It's environment. Yeah, it's programming environment. Do we have any programmers listening to us? What are programming languages that come to your mind with E letter? Mm. Okay, we have to do something. So, so let's something. think about companions. Companions with E. Uh, elephants, no. Electronic journals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or electronic devices. Good. Oh, yeah. 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 Electronic yeah. devices. Not electronic phone all the time. Electronic devices. Oh, that's email. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, email are work. Emails are work. Oh, that's true. You don't want that. Science hashtags, because that's cool. Hashtag. Uh, Elvis is alive. But that's not scientific. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys. Hashtag. 
Earth science. Earth science. Hashtag Earth science. <laughs> hashtag Earth is not flat. Oh, oh yes. Earth is not Earth flat. Kids, awesome. if you're listening to us, Earth is not flat. Awesome. And then catchy title for a science communication. Uh, I have another one, though. Earth is not a perfect sphere. It's not a perfect sphere either. Kids, we, we already Earth to, is not a perfect sphere either. We we already have to convince people that that, that the Earth is not flat. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, let's, that's not the perfect. Okay, fine. Let's, let's, let's do it. Okay, true, steps, true. Steps. Catchy title for a science communication blog post. Oh, oh no! no! Okay, this was not great, but it was real fun. It was. I had a lot of fun for this one. Uh, Earth materials. I know. I don't know. Yeah, of materials. Earth, el- Earth, Earth elements. elements. Earth, Earth elements. elements. Materials, elements. Yeah. <laughs> elements. Well. Hashtag elements are materials. <laughs> Electronic. Something. <laughs> wires. Yeah, you can always electric say ele- electric something. <laughs> yeah, electric. Yeah. Okay. Well, should we continue with that? But our... it was this was our letter for Eric and Yekaterina. Yeah, Eric yes. and Yekaterina. It was fun. It was fun. Not as good as cats, but okay. Ah, okay. So Unlock the phone for the last letter. So the last letter. Oh my god, it's coming so fast. V. V, v for what? Vendetta. Why do we always <laughs> get the V? It's like really perfect. It's the random. letter that we have had Cheers. most of the time. We have had, yes, because I remember saying violets. You you say always violets. <laughs> yes. when we have the so we do have V a lot. <laughs> we have V a lot because there is always violets. Um, three, two, one. Now. V materials. Uh, vapor, vapor, rising vapor. I don't what? think vapor is a material. V- <laughs> Programming uh, languages with a V. That I don't know. V- oh. Visual, visual. Oh, there is something with visual for for ah. Oh no, I think that Visual Studio is like the thing that for my, in Microsoft yes. you can program. Oh no. I don't even know why we have this languages category. I basically only program in Fortinity and Python. And that's so right. That would have been only three letters. And Bash and then Perl and a little bit of Alk. That would be a, that That's would all be. the wrong letters. Yes. <laughs> um, so what? V. V. Vindata. Can we fit it somewhere? I don't know. Hashtag. 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 Virus. Viral science. Viral science. Oh. That's nice. Nice. When science goes viral. Goes viral. Nice. Catchy title. Visualizing scientific data. No, that's boring. Yeah, this is boring. But very, very good to know how to visualize your data well. Yeah. Mm. Visualize atoms in a, in, a cloud, in a detector made out of a wine bottle. Oh, uh, beer can. And there is actually a project of a, de- a particle physics detector made out of beer can. And this project was developed at the University of Helsinki. There is a uh, article about it. We are going to put it under the yeah, sure. we can check box. We can do that. It's a box. detector, particle physics detector made out of beer can. That is so cool. How that. cool so, is that? Title: Visualizing particles in a big in a beer, beer can, can yeah. detector in a beer can. Yes. So and then the companions. What do we have as companions? With oh my god, really? This. Oh my god! I saw I, a viper. I, I am so glad but this could, one where obviously Journey had a Companions would have word. been PhD Journey Companions would have been my, my vape. Oh. 
You know my e-cig? Oh, electronic cigarette. That's the vape. Okay, so what do you call it? Ah, vape. vape. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's put vape because Erica, it helps her get through the day. <laughs> Especially if they want them Don't them smoke, kids, if you're listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> that's, do, that's do you, really do you think we have any kids listeners? I don't know. Okay, if you're under 15, ping us. Ping us, yes. Yeah, tell if you're, us. Yeah. If you're from school, do that. Yeah. We would be really Oh, yeah, if you're, if you're, yeah. If you're in high school or, or younger, tell us. Exactly. So, and that was it. Materials the, was... I was actually thinking materials would be easy, and it it wasn't. I also... I, I, I also what do we define as material? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, that's the point. Well, there are very many things. Tell us. But, you know... Enlighten with, us. With, what, do with, we defi- what do we define? I mean, is material like anything which can be done? I mean, because, for example, copper, it's a material, but it's... I mean, copper is a is copper, an element. Copper is as an one. element, but when you make something out of the of copper, those. it becomes a material. But then, uh, also there is never a pure copper. It's it's uh, always have some contamination, like uh, other elements that are in the air. They can penetrate and stuff like that. So, um, in this sense, yeah, it's actually a very very good question. What can we call the materials? When we were, uh, when we got a V letter, I was thinking to say Wolfram because it's a Latin name for uh, tungsten, actually. Oh. Um, yeah, but then it's again, it's an element, not a. Mm-hmm. So a when you study material science, what is it exactly like? If somebody want it, because you know we all hear about cosmologists and astrophysicists. Yeah. These, these are like the popular sciences, mm-hmm. and all kids want to become that or astronauts, but. Material science, like, what can you tell the listeners? What is a material scientist? Well, uh, things that uh, surround you are all made of something, right? Uh, so, and they are made of materials. So, this is the thing. If you want to learn what stuff is made of, if you want to learn how to develop your own stuff to make other stuff out of, this is the materials research. Or when you want to find out, um, well, let's say why some stuff bends easily mm-hmm. and other mm-hmm. stuff don't. Yeah. This is all the materials research. Yeah, I think I was in a workshop once with this uh, material research girl. And she was she had this machine to press. So she had like a little cube of a material. And yeah. I think she was putting pressure to see how, how yeah. resistant it is S- and things S- like this. Strain, strain stress behavior. Mm-hmm. So it's basically... Uh, it shows you how the material um, responds when you um, like uh, stretch it or, or or push it together, and it is very important for all the mechanical applications. So the materials that you have in cars, mm-hmm. trains, uh, in the factories, sure. they all have to undergo this strain stress behavior um, studies. Yeah. And what I like about the materials research is that it really goes on the different levels. It goes on the levels of, uh, well, cars. Then uh, it goes deeper uh, into the um, level of, like, micrometers, thinnies, like, electronics, nanometers. Then we go even deeper um, to, to my area, which is just, like, several angst terms. And it all contributes to the material research. That's really cool. That's yeah, very definitely. interesting. 
want to talk about about a bit about your interest in in science communication and blogging. Yeah, that would be very wonderful. Uh, I'm also the member of the Science Basement, as Stephanie and Erica here, uh, and I am initiating now a project. I really love writing and blogging about science. This is what I found out recently, that I am so much into telling science stories. And this is what I want to practice. And then I was thinking, um, what if there are other people who want to practice? So we invite everybody who is interested into blogging about science to join our online platform. The aim of this platform is to provide uh, the bloggers a place where they can put up their, their blogs and blog about things uh, related to science. Uh, and the most important, to practice the blogging. So you don't have to be super great in writing. You just have to have a passion for it. And yes. we would, of course, as a community, provide uh, our audience and uh, feedback if you need it. Or you can just do everything on uh, on your own. But what you just need to do is to write to us. Um, Thesciencebasement.org uh, is our web page. You can write us an email and say, hey, I want to be a science blogger. Can I blog at the Science Basement? And we will immediately reply to you, yes, you can. And you're <laughs> mostly welcome. <laughs> and I think this is a really nice thing about our group is that we're not experts at it. Like this, for Erica and I, it's our first podcast, but it's learning while we do it. And just because we really want yeah. to do it. And, and that's how things just get done. You learn while you're doing it. Yeah, then let's catch up in 10 years when we will be super famous science communicators. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, I forgot to say that the project has a, a working title, Blogging Science, and you can already go at the sciencebasement.org webpage to the Blogging Science um, um, tab and you can see how it's going to look. We have at the moment, only one blog post, mine. I am going to host my blog at thesciencebasement.org. Uh, and you can see how it's going to look. And if you like it, drop us a line. Cool. Before we leave, can you also tell us about the Lego workshop that you have been doing? Because that's really cool. Yeah. So uh, last, um, last autumn... Together with my colleagues from the Accelerator Laboratory at the University of Helsinki, uh, we built a Lego lab, a lab out of Lego bricks. We used several electronic sensors. We had three sensors. Uh, one was a temperature sensor, an electronic sensor, um, conductivity sensor. So basically it's conductivity sensor. I'm going to explain it a little bit. It, uh, the same principle when you... Uh, bring your hand uh, close to the water tap uh, and the water starts to uh, drop without you touching anything. This is a conductance uh, sensor and we used it as a base for one of the legal apps. And, and uh, the last sensor was just a microphone. Uh, and we did it for the uh, Mini Maker Fair workshop that was uh, organized here in Helsinki. Uh, we had uh, school kids coming over to our legal lab. It was a lot of fun. We had a, we had a huge fan there. Uh, and, well, I'm going to just put it on the table. Legal Lab is available for borrowing. We really want to get involved into different kind of projects where we can teach 
uh, kids a little bit about science and also transfer our passion for science to them. You built a candy dispenser, no? Yes, we built a candy dispenser. This is what was with a conductance sensor. Um, so kids were bringing their finger close to the conductance sensor. Uh, and then the candy machine would start working and give them a candy. So the idea was to show them uh, and explain them how this works. So we were really trying to explain on a basic level and, and saying like there is like your hand is made of atoms and electrons. And when you bring your uh, finger close to the conductance sensor, some electrons start to uh, get out from your finger to the sensor and then it sends a signal to the computer, hey, something is close to me and the candy machine gives you a candy. Well, this is a very maybe unscientific explanation, but it really worked with kids. That's really nice. And it's awesome how, how you are involved in so many projects yeah. and, and very successful. I remember um when when before this lego lab i lego lab i was visiting uh yekaterina and they were actually I, i've seen when they were building stuff and i started to work on the candy machine and after one hour it looked horrible so i just left and then the day after i've seen the pictures and it was so pretty yes and they're like guys i mean you really made it like so pretty and so nice in in such a short time it was my colleague Michael Veske. He's also a PhD student at my at my lab, uh, and he he cracked the design. Well, uh, it was very very interesting design that he ended up with, uh, and it was a biggest uh, success uh, at the exhibition because what could be better than Legos plus chocolate? Yeah, that's yeah. true. And you had um, you have videos, no? Uh, yes, so uh, we we have some videos that you can also find at the sciencebasement.org. Uh, I'm not sure now if the candy machine is there at the moment, uh, but other projects are there for sure. Okay, so you can... You can, you can uh, check it out and you can get inspired. And if you want to build your own legal app, well, drop us a line at the sciencebasement.org. We should, we'll probably send send you... a, we should probably send a reminder at the end at the end of the episode. Drop us a line if you are in school. If you want to read the blog, if you want to read the blog, if you like legal, if you're Russian, yeah, all of us. All of us. <laughs> oh yeah, and if you're Russian, because you have to follow her on Telegram. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was so so awesome. Um, time to talk about uh our science anecdote for the week, which is very, Yay. very close to what you're doing because you actually made a, pro, a small project on it. Yeah, I did. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the smallest film ever made, which is called A Boy and His Atom. And it was a stop-motion animated short film made by IBM Research in 2013. And it was released on YouTube. It is an only one-minute-long movie about this boy who is meeting an atom and this atom is bouncing and changing form and, and then at the end this boy and the atom become friends. And at the end uh, the atom is floating in the air in the clouds and then there is the word think coming up which is uh, a long time um, slogan for IBM. But what is interesting about this movie is that uh, it was made by actually moving single carbon monoxide molecules with uh, with help of a scanning tunneling microscope. So with uh, a needle from this microscope, they were actually um, react, uh, moving, like 
physically, the particles. And this microscope can magnify stuff about 100 million times. And yeah, so basically this microscope was used to move the molecules and then every single frame was saved and photographed and then built together to make the movie. And this film won the Guinness World Record Prize for the world's smallest, smallest stop motion film. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's a wonderful what is What is very interesting uh, about this movie as well is that it was initially planned and made to, to make people and kids interested in sciences. Yeah. So in science. So that's exactly what we were talking mm -hmm. about before. But it turned out to become a work that could increase the amount of data computers can store. Because, in fact, they demonstrated in 2012 that now they can store a single bit of computer memory in only 12 atoms instead of 1 million. That is the memory right now. So if you could store memory in one bit in 12 atoms, basically you could, you could go around with your telephone with like all the movies ever made in your phone. And perhaps even like the whole information that is out there yeah. that was ever built by the humanity. Yeah, so I, I really hope that this idea will be will be brought out in, in the market. And of course, we will put a link uh, to, this, um, to this film uh, in the description box. Uh, and Ekaterina, you worked, uh, you were inspired by this film and you made a, a science communication post and, and small project about it, right? What did you do? Yeah, I made a science communication blog post. I, I brought a blog post about uh, how I do computer simulations. It is called uh, How Compu Computer Simulations Can Help to Spy on Atoms. So in this blog post, I explained um, how we can simulate the real-life world and to get into the processes that are not accessible by the experiments with the help of the computer simulations. So what I did, I uh, imitated the frames from this um, from this movie. So I put um, in my simulations uh, copper atoms on top of the copper substrate. And then I simulated how this particular frames that I picked would actually look like in a real world if we have copper and copper and then we just let it stay at the room temperature for some time and what you can see in my cartoon that i did is that those uh, frames of of a boy they're actually uh, diffusing and the frames become like less uh, recognizable um yeah so i kind of it, it's a trick in the in the blogging and writing uh to uh relate uh the stuff that you're writing about to something that is famous and exciting so this is what i did and it was a very interesting project and we will put a link to your blog post and your yeah. video also in the description yes. box uh, this time the description description box is going to be very crowded yes very crowded <laughs> huge, reference, <though. laughs> huge reference box but it was so awesome to have you as a guest this time thank I you so much thank you it so much well, I just have to say one one last thing about the communicating science. Uh, doing this podcast was actually very, very useful because it's not uh, very often where you can just talk about your research with uh, somebody who's not experts. Uh, so it was very, very challenging and exciting at the same time. And we're sure that you made a great job in explaining yes. stuff. <laughs> yes, so thank you very much thank for your Thank you so much for having me. 
Thanks, and thanks for the cake, for the guacamole cake. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you insist on guacamole cake. No, okay, no, it no, doesn't okay. have avocado, onions. Avocado and lime yeah. cheesecake. Now no, you're, no, you're forced to send, to send a recipe to Stephanie. Yes, well, I'm Mexican. I have to say guacamole we're cake. Gonna, we're going to put a reference on <laughs> so the recipe as well. A recipe of guacamole cake. In the description box. <laughs> Okay. A uh, quick recap of our handouts and email em, our email to drop the line for all the stuff that Catherine said about yes. dropping lines is uh, <laughs> thesciencebasement.helsinki at gmail.com. And our, you can also write to us through Twitter or Facebook or, or Instagram. And our Twitter handle is at sciencebasement and the Instagram one is at science underscore basement. And I guess that we are done for today. Yeah. Thank Yay! you so much. Let's 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 go cuddle with the cat now. Yeah, let's yeah. now we're taking pictures with the cat Yay. right now. Yeah, and the guacamole cake. And the guacamole cake. Right. See you next time. See you in two weeks. Bye. The science. Basement.